0: Y'all ready? Welcome in. To the fifth dimension. Rugged individualism or collective identity. Monologue with your host, Abba McDermott. And I want to welcome everybody in to the fifth dimension podcast where we are attempting to live more mindfully in the day-to-day quite simply make this world a little bit of a better place now i'm your host evan mcdermott and i want to thank you for tuning into this episode and the question at hand today is does individualism and in particular western rugged individualism prevent us from thinking of ourselves as more of a collective identity one human race Now, the United States, and you could argue Western nations in general that follow this sort of capitalistic material approach, the strength has always sort of been this rugged individualistic mindset where anybody can make it in the world if you work hard enough. And, you know, that perceives a sense of self, a sense of identity within that. So psychologically, it's really attractive to a lot of people. Now the shadow side to this is that rugged individualism legitimizes what I would say sort of a rugged narcissism within it. And this is sort of infected with a malignant consciousness of that it's all about me sort of disregarding others to make it to this to the top and we see that as a, it's a competitive uh, world. And so sort of sociopathic ethos has sort of become infused within our society and within our economic system and i argue. That with the recent coronavirus, this individualistic and material falsehood has come crashing down in front of our very eyes, right? And we see a more of a calling of to return to community, to return to a collective identity. And what more are we right now than a collective identity known as human beings attempting to weather the storm of the current pandemic? What more are we? I mean, look around and you will see the beauties of human nature, genuine connection and being of service to others, whether it be those on the front lines with doctors and nurses, you know, who are putting their lives uh, on the line themselves, or whether you see fundraising efforts by individuals attempting to, you know, maybe they don't have a lot themselves, but they raise all this money to help those in need. So I think there's this communal battle that we're facing with this pandemic and it's brought a lot of people together and what aspects of our previous society rugged individualism do we see in the pandemic we can ask ourselves this and i think it's very clear we see hoarding of resources which you know someone's hoarding a bunch of toilet paper it's viewed as shameful you know calling it the chinese virus that's another example of this sort of previous mindset we're living in and you know nationhood is just a human construct anyways obviously this affects Everybody, regardless of race, religion, where you're from, sexual orientation, all of those things. And sort of, you know, if you're not following social distancing guidelines because you feel this invincibility immunity, then that's another aspect of rugged individualism and this sort of competitiveness that exists because of the society we live in. And, we, you know, like I said, we almost sort of shame these people. Like, it's shameful to see when it's happening. And people will take great offense to that if they're called out on it. Um, So my question is, are we going to return to this rugged individualism upon completion of the pandemic, upon its, shall we say, reckoning, whenever that may be? And I think we have a choice to make. Rugged individualism is what got us here in the first place, right? So to answer this, I do believe we need to analyze who... Did this method serve previously? You know, what group of people in the world benefit from, let's say, industrialization? You know, is hoarding billions of dollars really any different than hoarding rolls of toilet paper? You know, toilet paper is our most valuable commodity. It's our most valuable asset. I went to the store this morning right when it opened, and they had one pallet of toilet paper. And I grabbed the 24-pack, and I felt like a king you know it equates to life for a lot of people right now food toilet paper things such as that you know in the previous society money equates to life and that is what you make your livelihood off of and it's a competitive society so are we going to be competitive with our sources of life like we previously have been and leave millions behind i mean is it not ludicrous that there are 500,000 homeless people on any given night in the United States, yet we have one and a half million vacant properties, you could house everybody, and yet still have a million vacant properties. So is this not a byproduct of a subconscious sociopathic economic obsession of the rugged individual? I mean, I think it's a great question to analyze our previous livelihood sort of only served those who stuck struck gold financially and sort of held this external power and there's a very limited amount of people who can actually make it here money is power you look at the wealthiest people in the world jeff bezos bill gates and all of our politicians they're all they hold tremendous amounts of power over the rest of us and it's because they simply have more financial assets and You know, the rest of us are essentially slaves to this sort of constructed power structure, if you will. There's no freedom to live in a reality that is outside of that power structure. And it's very difficult to find a way to do that. So what is even freedom when you have no option but to abandon the principles of who you are and to live in an us-versus-them society? I don't know if that is true freedom. I don't know if you're working... nine to five that you simply hate and you're struggling to pay your bills and you're taking all this medication and you simply like what what freedom is within that you know you're simply funding this external power source for these one percent individuals you know freedom is sort of found from detaching from these constructs finding ways to live outside of the constructs and exploring who you are and who you are supposed to be and what your passions are and what you're supposed to be doing with your life and only you can answer those questions it's going to be different for every single person we all have unique talents and capabilities as I've said before you know I feel more free right now in this moment than I ever have in my entire life and it's because we have sort of lost this rugged individualistic society and we have a little more freedom to construct what our reality is looking like certainly it is limited we need to follow particular guidelines pertaining to social distancing and keeping everybody safe however how uh, this is a time for exploration for me for creativity for looking for ways to connect and feel love so you know, should we not live in a society that promotes that anyways, that embraces the commonalities of human nature, which is love and compassion, which exists within everybody, but also sort of respects the individual differences of self-exploration and creativity and self-expression? You know, what would a society like that look like? I I challenge you to think of an answer like that, because I, I think that's what we need to move towards if we're going to avoid situations like this in the future. And... You know, imagine the level of humanity you see now with the focus on well-being and service to others, not in a time of panic. You know, we've been living like this before. If we had been living like this before, we would have been vastly more prepared for a pandemic to strike and cause a mass disruption to livelihood. It may not have even caused a mass disruption. You know, I think it's safe to say we all know our society is going to be changed forever because of this. There are going to be differences. It's difficult to predict just what that's going to be. I don't think there will be a return to normalcy because of the vast structural flaws free market rugged individualism, you know, has shown. You know, the normal uh, we had was precisely the problem itself. So we have two directions we can hand in. And the first one I'm very weary of, because I this is what tends to what happens if you think about disasters or pandemics, you know, let's, you know, sort of an authoritarian power grab by those who have the external power now. We're already starting to see measures and laws of this in pl- taking place, you know, those in power see what gave them ex- the external power is slipping, the structure. And so what are they going to do? They're going to re-up that, use extreme acts and measures to double down on a previous way of living this authority and make it more authoritarian in nature. And, you know, you think post 9-11, right? You have how the government sort of played us. You have the Patriot Act, and you we go to war to Iraq, and there's just all of this just uh, power grab by the government. And I, I think we're going to see a very similar thing take place now. And we need to be very weary at what we allow our government to control. A lot of people feel vulnerable. A lot of people feel scared that the normal has been swept up from under them so how do we reach this sort of stage of not allowing this to take place and demanding we move to a society more run on humane principles instead of a capitalistic greed you know we will allow authoritarianism simply through complacency not looking to better ourselves embracing sort of the society as it was and wanting to simply return to comfort And not willing to embrace sort of the exploration that comes with that. And exploration is certainly frightening, you know. It's an unknown. We're taught to fear an unknown. However, to grow as people, as individuals, as a society, we need to start looking into that unknown directly. And finding ways to, you know, create a better world. So I think what we need is a new definition on human rights, you know physiological needs being met, whether that be housing, food, uh, things such as this nature, water. That's a human right. Everybody on earth should have that. We have the resources to make that happen. So let's assure that everybody has housing. Let's assure that everybody has food. Let's assure that everybody has water and everybody is taken care of as their physiological needs are being met. And I think another human right is an ability to explore one's own consciousness. And that comes with exploration, whether it be through plant medicines or, you know, Doing things such as meditations, doing such things as exploring your passions, what it is that you want to do with your life, exploring who you are as a person on a deeper level beyond the society painted surface level. So, you know, we have to work to reach this stage. It requires all of us to do what we can to not only be the best versions of ourselves, but sort of also to... Uh, found our moral principles on a collective humanity, a collective identity, and sort of ensuring this new 21st century version of human rights is sort of met, you know, as we continue to evolve as a species. You know, we, we are growing as a species, like every other species in nature, we evolve over time. And we are continuing to do that right in front of our very eyes. So we need to find ways to evolve with it in our society practices you know what other species on this planet has such a level of self-awareness and yet does not go with the changing times and does not adapt to the world that's around them if anything the self-awareness is keeping us er in arrogance and complacency because we're not using it for our own betterment we're using it to collectively kill ourselves off by living in a rugged individualistic world so you know think about how you would like this world to look upon the completion of this pandemic whenever that may be we still got a lot of storm to weather we still got a lot coming so you know certainly take care of yourselves and be healthy and be safe but we need to start thinking about embracing a collective identity embracing a common humanity and finding a way to Expand what it means to be a human, and expand civil rights, and expand what human rights are. So, um, let's get rid of the sociopathic ethos that is infused within our society and infused within our economic system, and replace it with a system of love and compassion, and humanity. And we'll move forward. And I think it's a lot easier than we realize. So let's work towards that. If you want to help the show, PayPal's linked. Uh, Please give us a rating wherever you're listening or watching. I know it's on YouTube, it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Give us a rating, share it with the peoples. Check out more episodes. Find us on social media, Instagram, all that good stuff. And yeah, so I'm going to keep that part short today. And as I was saying, stay healthy, stay vibrant. It's a beautiful world out there, man. Go go and explore it. That's all I'm going to do. See ya.